Hello, Queens. Welcome to She Speaks Love, Women of the Bible series. We're so excited to share these incredible women of the Bible and highlight their personal story and their legacy. These podcasts will encourage, inspire, and share wisdom from God's Word as it relates to women in our unique circumstances. Let's get into their phenomenal story and the power of their voice. Today's woman of the Bible is Naomi, presented by Queen Elisa. Okay, ladies, I'm going to start by asking a question. And my question is, have you ever felt that God has forsaken you? where you felt that all the trials and tribulations you're going through, that you are become bitter with God. You know, questioning, why are you letting all this happen to me? Why so much pain? And I start off saying that because Naomi transitions from different emotions and her story. So and you'll, you'll see as I talk about her. I would start off by saying that Naomi, okay, Naomi was described as a um, beautiful, kind-hearted, obedient, trusting, and had was full of faith in God. Naomi was married to Emelach. And they were from Bethlehem in the town of Judah. Now, Judah had been stricken with famine, which means um, a a scarcity of food. No food. You know, the food was limited because of whatever situation from um, maybe storms, um, wars. But the food became limited. And, you know, Melody Matrician started seeking in with people of Ju- Judah. And you know, and that can lead to death. So Naomi's husband, Emelach, said, We moved. So he grabbed Naomi and his two sons, and they moved to Moab. Now, in, back in Judah was when the days of the judges ruled. And the man was the authority in the household. The older male in the family was the authority in the households. And the women were obedient to this. So when he said, we're going to Moab, not of a country that had the same beliefs as the Israelites, Naomi listened to her husband and went along. Shortly after arriving in Moab, Naomi lost her husband, Emelah, and was left for her two sons. And her two sons, as they grew up, end up marrying two Moabite women. And because they were living in the land, they had they married women from that land. Although they didn't have the same beliefs as Naomi did. But, so I think within the 10 years of their marriage, Naomi ended up losing her son. 
and she was left with her two daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Oprah. Now you only hear about Naomi really in the book of Oprah, the first few chapters, by the fact that she lost her husband and her two sons. It changed her temperament towards God. And she was mad at God. Basically, she was mad. And she instructed her daughters, Ruth and Oprah, her daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Oprah, to return home to their mother's house because she was too old. She felt like she couldn't bear any more children. And they didn't have the time. If she did bear a child, they didn't have time for the wait for that child to grow up and be with them. So she was instructing them, go back to your mother's houses. And they all cried about it. They didn't want to do it. Oprah went, we think, she went back to her mother's house. But Ruth, being so faithful to her husband, Naomi's son, said, wherever you go, I'll go. And you hear all about that in the book. That just begins the characteristic of Ruth and what she was about. She became obedient to her mother-in-law because she was married to his son. In her neglect, Naomi allowed her to come back to Judea along with her. And when they arrived in Judea, they were immediately noticed, okay? And they like, is that Naomi? Now, Naomi's name meant a pleasant person, a beautiful spirit. She told them then, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara because I'm bitter. I'm mad at God, okay? So you call, don't call me, I'm not a beautiful person anymore. I'm a mad woman, okay? Because he's taking my husband and my children and, and where we come from, you had to have a male to head the household. So she was lost in translation, you know? So her and Ruth there. Now Ruth said to Naomi, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go and follow the harvesters, trail behind them and pick up whatever they leave along, whatever they left, I'm gonna pick it up so we can eat, so we can have nutrition. And they were, you know, barley was in season at this time. And um, as Ruth, the daughter-in-law, when Naomi allowed her to do so, and as Ruth doing what she said she's gonna do, being this obedient daughter-in-law, want to help take care of her mother-in-law. And you got to talk about Ruth while you talk about Naomi. I'm sorry. Um, was noticed by Boaz. And he asked, who is this woman? Now, Boaz was in the same family lineage as Imelach. So him and Naomi were family, okay? N not knowing this, unknowingly to Ruth. So he questioned, who is that woman trailing behind the man I got an alarm going off, I'm sorry. Trailing behind the men gathering up barley. And they told her, oh, that's the, the Moabite woman that came back with Naomi. And they found favor in Ruth because how she was so making sure her mother-in-law was okay because of the son. Um, so she went back home to tell, you know, to Naomi. And Naomi said, well, how did the day go? And she said, well, I was doing what I said I was going to do. I was following behind the harvesters and collecting barley. And then um, the patriarch, Boaz, 
had noticed me. And when I told him, well, he, they told him who I was, he wanted to speak with Naomi. And he says, Naomi's husband, Emelok, is from my lineage. That's Naomi is my family. And he told every, all the harvesters, he actually told them to pick a little bit more. Leave her some good stuff, you know, and don't mess with her, basically. Because he looking at her as she family, you know, so and some what she found. When um she went home and stuff, and she told Naomi about all this. Naomi was like, okay. So Naomi, as a woman, said, I'm gonna tell you how to approach Boaz. I want you to put your finest clothes on. I want you to smell good, look your best. But stay hidden when you get there. And when Boaz lays down for rest, I want you to uncover his feet and lay at his feet. Now, this is a trap. This is a, this is a woman trapping a man. This mother-in-law is telling her daughter-in-law how to trap a man. Because, you know, <laughs> no kid, that's what she tell her. Ruth did so. And when he awoke feeling somebody at his feet, he looked and said, who is that? And it was in Ruth, this is me, Ruth. And he felt honored, you know? And that's when he really told his workers, take care of her. You follow the women and do what the women do. And then he still gave her extra, you know? And then eventually he took her as his bride, okay? Now, remember, Naomi was bitter because God had took her husband and her sons. So she that made her better. Mind you, Boaz and they, as Ruth got married, Ruth bared his child. She had seven children from Boaz. And they said Naomi was the best grandmother to those children. And from once she was bitter, was changed back. God said, let me redeem her, give her some grandchildren. And because I love her, but you know, let me gain her respect. I felt like God was saying, let me gain her respect back. Let me get her back on the right track to the type of person she is. Because naturally she's not a bitter woman, but she's upset. And that's basically all you hear about Naomi. She because she was she was up, first she was happy following the laws of the land, following her husband. Then she lost her husband and her sons and became a bitter woman, although they was married. She instructed her daughter-in-laws to go back to their mothers because there's nothing I can do for you. Well, I go back to where I come from because they found out that the famine had gone away and they were harvesting. And Ruth, being diligent wife, even in her husband's death, said, I'm going with my mother-in-law, you know, because of I got to watch over you because he's not here. And um, I'm here to take care of you. That was very noble of Ruth. And so Naomi allowed her to do so, like I said, in a nutshell. Got there, she was still a bitter woman. And in her bitterness, she told her how to trap a man. She did what her mother-in-law said. Trapped Boaz, got him right where they wanted him, married her, had seven children, made Naomi a grandmother, and now she was a happy woman again. What God set out to do was to make Naomi a happy woman again by giving her grandchildren.
That's the moral of the story of Naomi. I couldn't find no more history on Naomi. But these first four chapters in the book of Ruth, and then the rest of the book of Ruth goes off into other stories. But Naomi, faithful follower of God, obedient woman to her husband in the rules of the land, happy in it, peace in it, humbled. Okay, they moved because the land became um, dangerous to their lives. So her husband being smart, hey, I gotta get my family out of here. They moved and she followed her up. And then they met, you know, as soon as they got there, he died. So that's the first straw. And then she had sons, they grew up and married. And 10 years later, they died. So that's one, two, three, that's three strikes. God, you out, you know, that's how he felt. I'm just summarizing it all over again. And then she went back home and seen that Boaz, somebody like a cousin, was interested finding favor in Ruth because of what Ruth did for Naomi. She said, let me tell you how to trap this man, basically. And she did what she said, and she got him. And had seven grandchildren, seven children, which made Naomi a happy woman because she was there, she was a beautiful grandmother and supporting grandmother, and the bitterness faded away. And that's basically the story of Naomi. And I ask you, have you ever been mad at God? I myself have been mad at God, have asked God, why have you forsaken me? Why am I going through all these health challenges? Why am I going through financial challenges? Why am I going through mental challenges? I don't, you know, my marriage didn't, didn't, didn't go the way I wanted to go. And everything in my life, right now in this period, right now today, this is not the life I wanted for myself. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I have my days when I'm mad and I don't understand why God is letting the devil take me through so much. But I tell you what. I don't wish it on my worst enemy to trade places with me. They say God don't put more on you than you can stand. So I guess I'm the stronger person of everybody I know. I told my girlfriend the other day, I was the fat girlfriend all these years. Now I'm the fat, sick girlfriend of the clan. You know, I said, I guess y'all just couldn't handle this. So it's all on me to weigh it and I've been blessed through it. So I have to stop being mad and look at the blessings coming through it and maybe taking me through these trials and tribulations and then blessing me. It lets others see how real God is. Because we know that God will let the devil play with you just to see what you want to do. That's how his ego works. Okay. That's how his ego works. You know, him and the devil sit at the table and say, they, they playing dozens with it. I'm going to do this to her and watch. I bet she don't follow you still. I bet she don't be faithful still. You know, and God be like, go ahead. Try. Try. My children love me. You know, and that's what the mortal. So that's what I get from them. And because they continue to love me, I'm going to continue to bless them. Even though I will allow you to play with them in their lives. Because I need others to see the power of me. God didn't promise 
it was all going to be good because if it was all good, our heads would be this big. Our egos would be this wide. You know, we would not value purpose of life, okay? And that's how I sum up when I'm going through something. I have my times. I break down. I cry. Ask why I got you get mad and everything. Then I come out of it. Like, okay, I know the word. I love the Lord. I know Jesus loves me. And because of that, I'm able to be patient. I'm able to humble myself to my situation. And I just had a day, I woke up the other day, my mom said, she must have woke up on the wrong side of the bed. She was argumentative and not even, I said, well, you know, Naomi was a bitter woman. She said, well, maybe that's why Betty gave it to you. I said, well, maybe so, because I can relate. I said, I can relate to it, you know? And um, I was in a funk. I ain't gonna lie, I was in a funk that morning. This is a stupid argument too. In a family argument with her and my auntie, they just talking about me like, now what's wrong with her? And now she's doing this. I'm all in the same page, posting stuff, you know? Um, and it was like, well, you know, she woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, or something, what's going on with her? That's not Lisa. But that day, that morning, half of the day, that was me. I was bitter, bitter. I get in my feelings sometimes about how I feel when I'm half struggling to breathe, when I'm struggling to walk up steps, I have so much, just to lead a house is such a duty. I have oxygen, I have this IV, I have a wheelchair or a cane. It's just so much to even lead a house for me. But I thank God I woke up that morning. I thank God for oxygen machines. They help me really. I thank God for canes and walkers to get moody. I thank God for a praying mother, a uh, praying family. I thank God for my family raising me up in the church. I thank God for my grandmother, my ancestors who have gone over that I know are watching over me. I have been at death's door in the last year and a half, three times, three times. And God has blessed me and kept me here for a certain purpose. Just in, in March, this hospital out here called Beaumont Cardiac Team said to me, you about to die. There's no more we can do for you. We're gonna put you on this IV called Milleron that um, helps your heart pump harder than it is because it pumps very weak. But down the line, it's gonna cause you some more cardiac issues. And they told me there was nothing else for me to do and they wanted me to die in that hospital. They probably think I'm dead now. Um, I told them, let me out of this hospital. I'm not, I've watched too many family members go with your 50%, stay in a hospital, being a guinea pig uh, science project for you all till they die. I said, no, I wanna go home. First, I wasn't gonna go home with the IV. And then my daughter, my brother said, at least you can go home. Okay, I'm gonna go home where I can get outside and breathe God's air, touch the grass, the ground, go buy some living water, everything that God provided for me to let God heal me. My father has the last answer. It's not over. I'm patiently waiting, but I have my moments. Honestly, it's a rough ride. And like Naomi, 
It's an up and down. It was an up and down. It's an up and down roller coaster of emotions. I love God. I do my best to be obedient to God, to follow his words and his wisdom. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't read my Bible every day. I do listen to God every day, but I don't read my Bible every day. I talk to him every day, but I don't. Every day I don't mean the word. Sometimes I get in a funk where I try to read my Bible and I just can't. So I thank God for my phone that it can read it to me, you know. And I'm just going to tell you this. If you're ever mad at God, go ahead and be mad. Punch a bag, bust a balloon, throw something, scream if you need to. But remember, God loves you. And he's not going to put no more on you than he thinks you can handle. Remember. God is trying to teach the devil that my children are obedient to me. He's trying to show the devil my children are not going nowhere, no matter what you do to them. Okay? Be infectious to people. Let people see God glow through you and through the tribulations and trials you go through. And you still stay steadfast, unmovable, loving God through it all. Become infectious to people so they can gain that same spirit. Queens, thank you so much for spending time listening to She Speaks Love podcast and being part of this amazing Sister Keeper community. Our heart is to bring you content that is educational, inspirational, relatable, and it encourages you to share the power of your voice. So you don't miss any of the conversations, we invite you to subscribe to She Speaks Love wherever you listen to podcasts. Please like, comment, and share. Follow us on our blog, at shespeakslove.com. Links are in the show notes. To help support She Speaks, donate via our website, as well as select She Speaks Incorporated as your favorite charity on smile.amazon at no extra cost to you. Links are in the show notes below.